absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to yet another episode of Leave the Pin In. Now, we teased this on Instagram and Twitter last week. We told you we had a run of special guests, and we've hit two of three of them so far and finished off with a big finale. We've got Doug from Mulligan's Golf. Doug, how's everything going? Everything's going good, Dan. How are you? I'm doing real good, my man. Uh, first off, I just want to thank you, and on behalf of all of our listeners and everything there, I know you're on West Coast time. Uh, I'm obviously on the East Coast, so I got three hours on you, so I appreciate you being able to do this at this time. Yeah, hey, not a problem. Honored to be here and uh, listen to your last episode, so I'm glad that I'm not fighting Alaska time. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a little bit of a of a, a jump there with Kyle. Um, so listen, so Mulligans Golf. I've seen the T-shirts, I've seen the hats. I mean, they're dope as hell. You can check them out on Instagram. Give people an idea if if they don't know what Mulligans Golf is. Give us like a general overview. You know, kind of promote yourself. Let people know exactly what your brand and what you're about. So our brand, we really want to stand for just being able to rock a golf outfit off the course and not have to worry about polo shirts and, you know, looking fancy. And there's so many people out there that are these diehard golf fans, but you know, you don't really get an opportunity to wear golf stuff unless it's a polo shirt or, you know, some high class $80 shirt that, you know, really only fits into playing a round of golf and for people like me I don't golf every day most of my time is spent off the golf course and I'm not going to be sitting around on my couch wearing a polo shirt I want to wear a <laughs> casual kind of t-shirt and just kind of kick back and so that's really what I wanted to do when I started it is create an environment where I can still look like a golfer but not have to be on a golf course so so you've got a, a really awesome silhouette, a simplistic, cool, clean logo of just a swinging golfer. Uh, part of me, when I looked at it, goes, how in the world has nobody taken that before? Um, and where did that inspiration come from, to have something kind of so simple and so clean, but be able to fit into so many different designs? Uh, so I, I love that you made that comment. Um, I wanted something that was simple, and my my wife and I, we just got married, and we kind of had this theme of simple elegance for our wedding, and so when I was creating the design, I went time and time again, and I was thinking, you know, I was looking at letter combinations and trying to think of what can, what's like a, a good golf statement that can be made, and, you know, the one thing we all do is, swing a golf club and so I just kind of took a little silhouette and when you look at the NBA logo Major League Baseball logo NHL logo um, it's pretty much just a character that has your silhouette and immediately you can identify with all of them and so I just looked around and no one really had a, a logo like that and so I took it and ran <laughs> So now, are you talented enough to do that 
on your own. And I don't mean that as a dig. I just mean it because like, I know I'm not. So my buddy Tyler created our logo, um, only because I had the idea in my head, but I don't have the means or the know-how of how to kind of put it into digital form. And it's funny because we were talking off air about being teachers and he's an art teacher. So I kind of went to, you know, if you don't know information, right, you go to where you can get it. So I didn't know how to do it. So I went to him and and he kind of created the whole entire leave the pin and logo. But the biggest part of it, which I loved and the same thing about yours is I love the silhouette aspect because like you Mm -hmm. said, it's simple, it's recognizable. And, you know, after a while, once people see it, you don't even need words to describe that it's Mulligan's Golf. They know it. Yeah. Um, so every, as of right now anyway, every logo that's on there, um, I had some form of design with. Um, and it's funny that when you mention, you know, if you don't know information, go find it somewhere. Um, and I, that's actually what I did. I went and I have watched, I can't tell you how many videos and um, YouTube stuff. There's websites out there on video tutorials by, you know, these expert graphic designers. Um, and I've seen all kinds of them and probably watched hundreds of hours of videos on Photoshop and Illustrator and all kinds of stuff like that. And um, through all of that, I've, I've kind of started to hone a little craft and so, yeah, the, the design, the logo, I made that from scratch and kind of took some inspiration from a few pictures and stuff like that. But everything on there is, um, as of right now anyway, is, is done by me. So just uh, bootstrapping this thing together any way I can. Yeah, no doubt. Um, one of the things I really like, and obviously it's a takeoff of you know the Republic of California, but and that's where you're from. Um, yeah, you've got a a bunch of logos like the bear and my favorite one, which is kind of the California flag, but the golfing yeah. republic theme. Is that kind of a theme that you're gonna run with, and maybe future lines or future uh, apparel variations? Is this golfing republic? Uh, absolutely. The, now, obviously, the, if you, whoever's familiar with the state flag of California, uh, the bottom of our flag says California Republic. And I was almost shocked to find out that I literally could not find anything that had a California or a golfing republic kind of you know, nomenclature on it. And so I just decided to take it and, and run with a California theme. And so, you know, there's a few things on there that kind of go off of that. And I've, I've looked at some other states and I kind of have it in the back of my mind of um, putting out there some other golf-themed you know, states. Um, but as of right now, being from California, uh, that's, that's where most of the the inspiration is going to come from and we're going to take that and run with it right now so well yeah even people in the in the rest of the country maybe that haven't even been to california i mean so much of kind of the casual off course golf wear is influenced by that california vibe i mean you've got like link link soul out there um Mm -hmm. You guys, uh, Land and Sea, you know, so there's, there's just, just a bunch. I mean, even, even like Oakley does, 
golf wear nowadays with Bubba and stuff like that. So there's yeah. obviously a vibe that people across the country and probably even internationally dig. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you find your inspirations for some of these logos? Do they kind of come from things that you see in everyday golf or just everyday walking around? Like, Because, uh, you know, honestly, if people haven't been – on the website, it's Mulligans Golf, and that's with a Z, M-U-L-L-I-G-A-N-Z, golf.com, or on Instagram is probably one of the best places to, to hit you up. That's where you and I met. Um, with that being said, like, where does this inspiration come from? The inspiration, I think, with, as is any art and design stuff, really comes from anywhere. Um, I, it's funny talking about watching stuff on YouTube. Um, I actually watched this one guy and, and he talked about designing and he said, you have to change where you're working in order to create great designs. Cause if you get stuck in a room or stuck in, you know, one part of your house, whatever, um, you, you just kind of keep coming back to the same ideas. And so I love just being out, being out on a golf course with buddies and, you know, hearing someone from the next group over, you know, they might, kind of rib one of their their golf partners with some saying and I'm like oh my goodness I've never heard of that before <laughs> you know and so maybe try to throw that into something or you know seeing different shapes on a golf course and you know like oh like that shape could work with you know some words um anything like that and just kind of seeing how stuff flows together uh there's plenty of times when I thought to myself oh my gosh, this sounds like a great idea and I'll sketch something out real quick or throw it in the computer. I'll send a picture to one of my buddies and he says, dude, that's stupid. What are you doing? (laughs) Um, So just kind of going through the trial and error, um, seeing how stuff works, seeing seeing how different words fit together, um, you know, anything. And, And it's a lot of, you know, take a picture of this, show my wife, show one of my friends, like, hey, what do you think of this? Does this, you know, doesn't look right can how can i change this and so really just trying to take any advice from anybody i can get and and see where it takes me very cool so you've got as of right now the product line is t-shirts and hats and so going through it um the t-shirts basically have the names of kind of what the logo or the emblem is on the shirt but all the hats are named after some sort, and you referenced it before, some sort of golf nomenclature. We've got like Golden Bell, Lynx, Juniper. Um, what does the future hold for Mulligan's Golf? Are we going to stay up in the ante with hats and shirts, or do you see you guys, or do you see yourself branching off into other products? I would love to branch off into other stuff. The next thing that I have my eye on is club head covers actually and whether it be putters drivers um that's that's kind of the next avenue that i want to get into uh the hats are going to grow Uh, i have a few ideas on some stuff that i want to want to get into um without without giving anything away there's a few designs um and a few patches that that we have started looking into that I think will be pretty cool. Um, kind of add a little bit of color variation into what we have right now. Um, but club head covers are definitely on the, 
on the brink of, you know, coming to, come to fruition. Um, and from there, you know, I, re- I really want to try to stay away from polo shirts just because I think it would, it would kind of, it, it wouldn't flow with the kind of vibe we have going right now. So I want to stay away from that, but like socks, um, even like flip flops, stuff that you would wear off the course, but never really associate with golf per se. That's right. kind of some of the stuff that I, that I want to head towards. So. Oh, the, uh, the sock idea sounds sick. Like, I'm a big fan of different socks. I wear a ton of different, like, even even quarter-length socks or three-quarter-length socks on the golf mm-hmm. course, not just, you know, low-cut ones. So that's, like, that's right up my alley. Um, I love yeah. the idea of just keeping everything in line with that off-course look. You know, like, yeah. you could be head-to-toe mulligans um, and be completely, like, connected to golf but not look like you're completely connected to golf yes totally and i actually there's there's an awesome uh company that makes baseball stuff um and they do bathing suits and i thought that would be like that's something that no one's ever really done for golf but like there's a huge market out there of golfers that would wear all kinds of stuff like that summertime you know, I, I was reading one of your blog posts and, you know, you're talking about a course where people go out there in a bathing suit. Yeah, yeah for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, I wear either golf clothes or bathing suit all summer long. I mean, like, that's yeah. not even a joke. Like, if I don't have a bathing suit on, I have golf clothes on. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just my lifestyle. It's just the way things are. So, like, that's awesome. Um, so that's pretty cool. And you mentioned baseball, so let's get back to this. You, we, we talked about this off the air a little bit. Give people a little bit of your background, Doug, and, and how you got from kind of where you were in a career to where you are now. Yeah, so I, I used to work when I was in college. I worked for the baseball team at the University of Oregon, and that sprung a short career in minor league baseball. I worked for the Giants and the Cincinnati Reds and doing all, I did all kinds of jobs from, uh, I did video and analytics. I was doing like track man stuff. Um, I worked in a clubhouse one summer. I was doing all sorts of stuff like that. Um, met a ton of people. And the one thing that we, you know, if you know anything about baseball, when you're having an off day, everybody goes to the golf course. <laughs> that is true. So, um, I, that was when my love for the game really kind of took off and, and started shooting low scores. I was out there with, I was golfing with these pitchers that were scratch golfers. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I'm sitting here next to a six, four professional athlete. And he, he hasn't touched a golf club in a month. And here he goes, I'll just, I'll just go 320 with a driver off the tee. I'm like, Oh my goodness, what am I doing here? Um, and so that spawned into, I came back home after one summer and got a job at Nike. And that was one of, I know there's a lot of stuff coming out about Nike. Um, but one of the favorite, my favorite companies that I've ever worked for and the people that I met, it, it was phenomenal. And I had a great time doing it. But the one thing that I always hated when I was there is I wanted to buy golf stuff and use my discount and I wanted to buy golf stuff and there were no good 
golf t-shirts. It was always your plain Nike swoosh and the word golf over it. And I always, I would always complain to all of our managers. And I was like, guys, like, why can't we have like a, you know, a cool t-shirt? Like a bunch of people, you know, one of the biggest brands for Nike is their sportswear casual line. And golf just didn't seem to fit into that. And um, so that led to, you know, my career wasn't really taken off with Nike. And I met my, my now wife. She's a teacher. I said, hey, what a lifestyle. You get to hang around with kids all day, and then you get summers off. I'm going to be a teacher. So became a teacher and just kind of always had that bug to get back into the sporting world somehow and just had the idea to start designing shirts and and see what I could do. It, it was more of a, of a hobby. I liked to draw stuff. And next thing I knew, my friends were like, hey, dude, this is pretty cool. You should, you should think about, you know, selling this and, and seeing where it goes. And, and so now I have lucky enough to have a few friends helping me out and, you know, helping try to spread the word. And my, my poor wife has to, has to put up with me and all my, my huge dreams that I have. And, um, you know, thank the Lord that, I have her blessing as I go through this journey, um, and it's all led me to, to where I am now, and I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So That's pretty awesome, and it's it's crazy because everyone I talk to, or I shouldn't say everyone, but most people I talk to that are involved in, uh, I, I don't even know what you want to call it, but let's just say the golf industry in some way, shape, or form, it, it always starts from having a deep love of the game having maybe some other sort of talent, pairing them together, and someone along the line being the catalyst of saying, like, hey, why don't you do this, you know? And then the people are like, well, that's not a bad idea. I mean, it's the same thing for us. A buddy of mine says, dude, you know so much about golf. You know so many people in golf. Like, you talk nonstop daily. Why don't you do a podcast? And I was like, well, I I don't know. I don't know how to do one. He's like, okay, well, I'll show you, and you'll do one. You know, it's like... (laughs) And then just through that, I mean, you meet just – that's the one cool thing about the golf industry is everybody seems to be moving forward towards the same goal. And it doesn't – at least to me and the people that I've met, thankfully, so far, and I guess just a big thanks to all the guests that we've had uh, within these last four or five months that we've been doing this, is that everybody is willing to lift everyone else up. So it's like if I succeed – you succeed. If you succeed, yeah. I succeed. It's it's not cutthroat at all. Um, you see that as well from the apparel side. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. And you know, people that I talk to, you know, it's really more of like a helping hand kind of thing. And even people that are involved or might have their own apparel, it's you know, it's not a a cutthroat kind of like oh, like you're gonna take my business or whatever um it's a lot more of hey you know you have cool stuff we have cool stuff um let's build each other and there's enough room in the marketplace for two people to succeed you know the two biggest sports companies in the world are nike and adidas and you know you can't tell me that there's not room for both of them to succeed because they're both multi-billion dollar companies so um you know it's it's just people helping people out and you know coming from 
the teaching mindset, that's really what life's about to me is, you know, wanting to help other people succeed. And even coming from when I worked in baseball, you know, I was in the locker room every day. No one ever saw me. And the thing that I took the most pride in was being able to be a small hand in other people's success. And, you know, there's people that I know that are in the major leagues right now and they're, you know, having careers and stuff. And no one will ever know that I was a part of their journey, but me knowing and them knowing, that's good enough for me. And I love being a part of every single step that I can for people like that. So, you know, that that's really what I kind of try to carry on. And, and you know, I have a lot of big dreams and, and aspirations for stuff that I want to do. And I just want to be that one person that, that can, you know, help someone else achieve their greatness. So. Yeah, it's like that old adage that imagine the work that could be done if no one cares who gets credit for it. Exactly. You know, and exactly. if, when people work together, I mean, you just you get such awesome things. And, and, and all it does in the golf industry is benefit you, the fan, and, and you, the golfer, which is just, you know, amazing in, in the long run. Um, Doug, give me an idea of of your golfing life. How often do you get to play nowadays? Kind of where are you playing at? Things like that. Um, I think as most of us would say, I probably don't golf as much as I would want to. Um, I, at this point, I probably golf once or twice a month. Um, and it's never, at least recently, it's not anywhere, uh, crazy fancy. The, uh, the income doesn't allow for that yet, but hopefully it'll get there soon. Um, being out in, in Southern California, we uh, we don't have as much water as we'd like to. So <laughs> all of our all of our golf courses seem to have some astronomical prices tied to it. Um, so we there's actually some really nice courses out here that I play. Um, Coyote Hills is one that I that I love. Uh, Black Gold is actually one that I just played right before my wedding. Those guys are awesome. Um, there's a golf club of California, and that's in North San Diego County. That just rolling hills, every hole's different. It's the one course that I would say I have to hit every single club in my bag every time I play it. That's a good course. Um, yeah, so that course is awesome. Um, I did just get to play out at PGA West a couple months ago, and that is, I mean, as far as courses that you can play in California, um, you know, we have Pebble Beach and Torrey Pines, but PGA West puts five tour-level courses right in your face um, all at once. So that's a, that was quite a treat for me. So... Now, what about Torrey? Are you anywhere near that in San Diego, or are you much further north? I'm uh, so I'm in Orange County, so I'm I'm like an hour away. Okay, uh, and I'm my parents actually live in San Diego County, but they just changed the rules at Torrey Pines a few years ago, so that you have to be a La Jolla resident, not just oh a San my Diego gosh. County resident. Um, so you uh, you can still get on there, but it's like triple the price. Yeah. So way to way to make it as like specific as possible. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's definitely on the bucket list. Pebbles on the bucket list. 
my my dad just played Pebble. Um, it was actually just before the AT and T Pro Am. Um, so he went out there and he's all you know golf nerd and out, and he's like, oh, they got all the grandstand set up and this. <laughs> so that was kind of fun to hear hear his stories and. Um, you know, he's got a great story about his 18th hole that he hit this, this little cut shot around the tree in the fairway. And so it's kind of cool to, to hear his stories and certainly lit my fire to want to get up there one day. Um, when I have a, a few hundred dollars to spare. <laughs> So. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's it's awesome. Uh, we were out in San Diego. I guess maybe, oh gosh, it's got to be four or five winters ago. Um, yeah, maybe it was five six years ago. And we got to go to not not play. I didn't get to play, but you know it's public course, so the pro shops open to everybody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. right before the tour event, tour event started on that Monday. Obviously, practice rounds, and we were there Sunday. Yeah. And oh, nice. the pro was just awesome. Like, he was like, hey, if you want to walk around the first two holes back there, because I had my son, he was like six at the time. Uh, he okay. was like, be my guest, man. He's like, no one's out there. Everything's all set up. He's like, you know, just stay off the greens and stuff like that. And and to me, I was like, like this is Torrey Pines. Like, this is a mecca, you know, like a West Coast yeah. institution. And this dude's just like, hey, yeah, go ahead. Walk around. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah, That's cool. awesome. And that's one thing, too, that I love about, uh, you know, you don't see it everywhere, but you certainly appreciate the people who understand where they are in the world and understand like a Tory Pines. People just want to come to Tory Pines and, you know, you know, you just feel like you're a part of some history that happened there and the U S opens and, you know, those, just those great golf stories. And so to understand that, you know, people just want to come and, and walk around and see and, and, you know, be a little part of golf history so yeah they just they want to go in they want to get some you know tory pines merch even though they've never played there it's just uh it's, <laughs> yeah. you know the the cliffs out there are just man it's a different world it's it's sick it's a great area of the country yeah yeah we're very blessed with uh with where we live um but we we definitely pay for it with our golf yeah, that's that's true. Um, so, t- what what would a perfect golfing day look like for you? I know everyone's got kind of their own opinions and different types of courses and who they played with, but if you had like a no money option whatsoever and you could just ha- you know you could wish it and you could have it, what would your perfect golfing day look like? A uh, perfect golfing day. Um, well, I would play probably play thirty six holes. God willing, the body would hold up for thirty six holes. <laughs> um, I would, I would love to be going to school in Oregon. I would love to go to Bandon Dunes actually and get out there and take a few of my buddies and just go out there, have a boys' day, golf as many holes as we can, and you know, see a part of you know the Oregon coast is so, so unique to what it provides. And you get cliffs out there. There's no trees on that course. So you can just go out and your ball around um have a good time with the boys that would just be hopefully i'd i'd shoot par that would be a great day too (laughs) but um just being able to hang out with guys and you know talk about golf talk about life and just you know sit there and and shoot the breeze that would be just a perfect day that sounds pretty good i mean i'm pretty sure i'd be up for that that's a that's a damn good day of golf um Listen, getting back to the brand, if you could uh, if you could choose any pro 
you know, within reason, let's say, yeah. you know, let's, let's take like Tiger and Phil out of it. They're probably not going to wear it, but if you could have any pro that you feel fits, um, the, the ideals of someone to wear Mulligan's golf gear, who would it be? You got anyone in mind? Um, honest, the first guy that, that pops into my head, uh, I'm going to go with the, an Oregonian himself. Um, I would I would come after Aaron Wise actually. Okay. Uh, being going to school in Oregon, I was actually in school at the same time as as Aaron Wise was. So when he won the national championship that year, that was like a big thing for. I think it was just after I had graduated um, was when he won, and so that was like a big deal for all of us, and and it was on our home course at Eugene Country Club, so. Like that would just be a dream of mine to kind of share that, share that part of my life with this new part of my life, and you know, with a fellow Oregon guy, that would be awesome to me. So if he's uh, if he's out there listening, Aaron, you know, hook up with Doug and and, and shoot him a DM and see what uh, <laughs> see what we can collaborate with. Um, have you met anybody in golf through the pro ranks at all? Um, you know, through distribution of the brand or anything along those lines yet uh not yet no um we you know we reach out to to courses and stuff like that um we haven't really hit any any big names though um at this point we're you know it's it's the everyday golfer that we're that we're mainly associated with and um by all means though if any of them come along and and uh, they want to wear some stuff we won't shy away well, I will definitely promote that uh, 100%. We actually had Stephen Eim on the podcast last night. I'm not going to release it till tomorrow. He plays in the Corn Ferry Tours around here. We like to call it the Corn Tour. So he's out in Colorado right now ripping it up. Um, cool playing, guy. Playing a 700-yard par 5. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was it was wild. I asked him last night, I said, um, I guess kind of a sneak preview of what we're going to talk about on the pod, but I said, dude, the 13th and 14th holes walk me through it. And he's like, look, I don't care if it's at elevation or not. He goes, we're playing 770 par 5, followed by a 275-yard par 3. So you have literally 1,000 yards in two holes. Um, yeah. And he said that they played a little bit of a breeze the first practice round, which was Tuesday. And I've got two buddies that caddy out on the Corn Ferry Tour, and they told me the same exact thing. They texted me that night. Uh, their guys hit driver, three-wood, six-iron. To get to the middle, oh my God. to get to the middle of the green, and he reiterated. Stephen reiterated the same thing last night, and he goes, "If the wind blows anymore, I'm going to have to go like driver, two iron, four iron." He's like, "It's just nuts." And I said, "What about the par three? I said, "Like I'm hitting full driver, and then probably like a half sixty degree wedge to get to that." And he said, "There's a there's a left ridge on that pin position, or the pin position could be in on the green that." He said, we'll not hold anything because the greens are so firm. And he said, if, oh, if they don't move it up, he goes, you might literally see 15 guys hit the green out of dumb luck. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy to me. And, you know, and those guys are all, you know, there's a big story about John Daly and not getting his golf cart. At the end of the day, when you're playing a 770-yard hole, you still got to walk that whole thing. Yeah. At elevation, too. I mean, they're playing almost yeah. 6,000 feet of elevation, which, you know, if you've ever played that high up, like, you need a day to acclimate to it. 
Um, yeah. But every single person to a man raves about the course conditions. Every single person I've talked to so far this week has said that it is by far the best course they've played on tour so far. Wow. Well, at least they got that going. But, man, yeah, those holes are, are crazy. And I know a few of my friends are, uh, you know, from Colorado, and they come down to elevation, and they're wondering why their clubs don't go as far. So <laughs> they'll, cer- they'll certainly attest to the elevation giving you some advantages, but I just I don't know if I could – hit a ball and and walk that far for one hole yeah to me like that's that's a par six and a half okay yeah Yeah, absolutely it's just uh it's a wild though uh you know what those guys can do the tour pros now before off air you told me that you have never been to a pro event yet a tour event at all i have not been to a tour event it's just kind of you know something that i that i certainly want to do um and in my you know previous life endeavors i've just always i was working in baseball i'd be working six seven days a week um and it's just something that i never really had the chance to do to be honest and you know now that i had a few friends go to the u.s open and and it just kind of dawned on me like wow i've never never done that before and so certainly on the list now and when tory pine toasts the the u.s open in a couple of years um, I've made it a point. I told my wife. I told my friends. I said, "We're going. I don't care what's going on. We're going." So um, that will certainly be one, um, and you know, hopefully, kind of squeeze a few other ones in um, in the meantime. But, but yeah, definitely something that I need to do. That is, uh, it's definitely something that every single golf fan should experience because you and I were talking a little bit off air before about how, uh, you know, just how amazing these guys are. And then when you see them in person and you see what they can do, you realize that the game that they play is nothing like the game that you play. The only similarities are the fact that they're using clubs and they're using a golf ball. That is it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I actually heard from, from someone else. Um, that if you have the chance to go to a practice round because you see so many different things. You know, when you go to an actual round, there's huge crowds. It's each guy's playing one ball, you know, goes and plays his round. But when you go to a practice round, they'll hit their drives. Maybe they'll hit two drives. And then they get into the fairway. They hit their shot. They kick some balls into the rough. You know, they're kind of testing out different lies, different approach distances. And then they get to the greens, and he said they just throw balls all over the place, and they're chipping, and they're putting to different locations. And, um, you know, he said it's no wonder why they play nine holes in a practice round because it takes them four and a half hours because they're hitting so many different shots. So after hearing that, it made me really want to go see a practice round. Yeah, pra- like – if I had to go in order, I would say practice rounds for the PGA Tour are by far the best, followed by either a corn tour event or an LPGA tour event. Um, now, if you if you want to get deep into it, spend a whole day and be beyond entertained, LPGA is the way to go because not only are you going to see just amazing golf you're going to see golf that you can actually semi-relate to. Now, I have a very good friend that plays on the LPGA Tour, and she's brought me out to a few events, the U.S. Opens, things like that. And, like, you can actually sit there and go, huh, you know what? I can hit a driver 
250, 255, 260. You know, you can't wedge and chip like them. Trust me. But yeah. everything else distance wise is very relatable. The courses distance wise, uh, you know, you're going to see 385 par fours, uh, 525 par fives. You're going to see things that are very much in line with what the common golfer does. Um, but if you want access to people, like the Corn Ferry Tour is yeah. beyond amazing because. A practice round for the Corn Ferry Tour, literally, you might be the only guy walking with a group. And that's not a joke. And, you know, even though these guys are grinding more than the PGA Tour Pro guys are because they're trying to get their cards, they, yeah. they'll acknowledge you. They see you out there. Um, it's just, it's it's pretty cool. Are you anywhere near Hayward, California? Or I've honestly he, never heard of okay. it, so probably not. Okay, I was going to say, Is that a, there's that a... I don't know. Uh, there's a Corn Ferry Tour event, the LMA Classic, at TPC Stonebra or Stonebray, um, August 1st through 4th. But I have no idea where it is. I'm gonna look that up real quick. I have, you know, it's of course it's probably like Northern California, yeah, or something. Oh yeah, you know what? It is up there. Oh yeah, it's by San Francisco. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. might as well be another continent. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like a different state for us. We don't associate with yeah, uh, yeah, NorCal very much. Yeah, the NorCal people and the the SoCal people. It's uh, two different worlds. It's like uh, North yeah. and South America. <laughs> yeah, you know we, you know, if, once you live out here, you get to that Bakersfield area, and once you cross over that, <laughs> that's that's NorCal. That's a different state. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so what tour events are near you that, that you'd be able to go to? Because like this, this makes me so excited to know that you haven't been yet, but that you're so looking forward to it because I've, I've been fortunate enough to go to a ton. I've been to every major but the Open Championship. And uh, like it's – dude, it, they're so cool. I can't even – like I, you know, I'm I'm beaming at the idea of you walking on the grounds for your first event because I remember mine, you know, and I remember like, you know, my my kids going to their first event and it's just so awesome. Uh, they so they have that the tournament at Riviera up in L.A. Yep, yep. Um, there's that one, and then there's the regular tour event that they play at at Torrey Pines, and I can't remember what they call it these days. Um, they they change the name so much now. I. I can't think of it. Yeah, it's but, whoever's sponsoring uh, it that week or that you know that year, I should say. Yeah. So there, there's that tournament which is close, and then there's the course um, at PGA West that they play. They they do like uh, what is it? Three courses. Yep. Um, in the tournament, so that one's you know an hour and a half away too. So I certainly have plenty of access. It's just a matter of of getting to one of them one of these days. No doubt. So. Yeah, no, that's that's very cool. You'll you'll absolutely love it, and uh, see and see. So that's a place that you should bring some gear to, you know. Yeah. And uh, say, hey, you know, hey man, you look like you're a large or an extra large. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. I, I had a I had a buddy that was talking to me about you know going to a, an event like that, or, you know, practice round or whatever. And you know, hey, you know, you can go into a, a crowd of people and all these kids are around asking for autographs and he's like what what would they do if you're all of a sudden this guy and he says oh here take you know take this sticker take this hat shirt whatever 
like those they never go into a crowd of people and and something gets handed to them they're always signing autographs so. yes so yeah it was, i thought it was a pretty clever idea though it's a it's a it's a great idea and, and look man everyone loves free stuff you know yes exactly um so so you're not too far from carlsbad then are you no, and you know what? I'm glad you, you said that because when you talked about LPGA, the first thing that I thought of was they play that event in Carlsbad. Yeah, the Kia Classic in, uh, at the end yeah. of March. Yeah. And that's a beautiful time out there. Oh, yeah. That's that's definitely our our sweet spot of perfect weather. It's not too hot yet, but, you know, obviously we don't really have a rainy season. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's our that's our perfect time. Yeah, I'm just looking too, and they've got they've got a a, a usual air premium. They play an LA Open in April, and then they play a place uh, the Metaheel Championship in Daly City, California. I'm not sure where that is, okay. but have you ever been to one of the uh, the Champions Tour events? You know, that's the only tour that I've never been to, and it's funny that you mention that because as my son and I were doing our Midwest road trip, we had passed through South Bend, Indiana, Notre Dame, which is where they had their senior players championship. But we were passing the week, like the Sunday before they started. They started their practice rounds on Monday. And by the time they started on Monday, like we were already in Missouri. You know what I mean? And by by the time we we had circled back, tournament was over. So it's like Uh. by a day we missed it. Um, But... Again, I've heard great things about the Champions Tour where they're so super accessible in terms of, you know, taking pictures, autographs, speaking with guys, stuff like that. Um, yeah. That's another great another great avenue to go. Yeah, and most of those guys, I would imagine, are, you know, we, we kind of always joke around, like, hey, if you're a pro golfer, what do you do when you retire? You're already a, a golfer. And, um, but I would imagine that's kind of, what it is for them they retired but they just want to go out and kick the ball around still and might as well play on tour with a bunch of other retired golfers so yeah i mean for those guys basically man it's free money it's three rounds uh you know they they keep up their media appearances they keep up their sponsorship appearances you know so they're they're not going hungry by any means out there either no no, not a not a terrible life to live by any means. No, not at all. Um, so, Doug, before I get you out of here, let's just talk. I know we talked a little bit before, but I'd like to kind of get and you don't have to give any secrets away. Um, yeah. But what what does the future hold for Mulligan's Golf, and and how do you envision um, divvying up time between the brand and kind of you know your newly married life, your job as a teacher? And I ask this because this is something that, you know, I struggle. I think everyone does that that doesn't do this full time. Yeah, that's a great question. And it's definitely one that that I ask myself all the time. Um, And, you know, first and foremost, I I have to thank my my beautiful wife for, you know, letting me dream the dreams that I do, Um, because, you know, there is a lot of times when. I'm just sitting there on the couch and I'm not doing anything, but inside my head there's a million ideas running around just trying to think of fresh ideas and ways to market and stuff like that. Um, in in the long term, and this is like a huge pipe dream of mine, um, I would love to take this to a level where it can actually 
turn into its own empire and turn into um, its own stores. And like, I have this vision in my head of how to like reinvent what a golf store actually is and put simulators in there that you can, um, you know, really interact with like what golfing is. And, you know, even though it might not be, you know, I have no envision of ever making golf clubs or anything like that, but being able to go in there and just like create this hangout space of, you know, golfers and meet people and, you know, hit some balls, talk about product and, and things like that. Um, almost like, you know, I guess like an Apple store for golf, if you will, and somewhere where you can go in there and just interact and put your hands on things. Um, that's a huge dream of mine. Um, and I also have this huge dream being a teacher and being in the world that I live in of, you know, obviously reaching out and helping people. Um, I would absolutely love to start a charity golf tournament through the company. Um, I want to, I want to be able to, to help sick kids. And, you know, you hear these stories about kids that whatever the disease might be, but, you know, there's no kid that ever deserves to have to go through some of these battles that they do. And, um, you know, when I was at Oregon, we had a chance to be part of a, a Make-A-Wish Foundation, and there was a kid that came and had leukemia, and, uh, you know, that was just something that, to this day, you know, it's almost 10 years later and still sticks with me all the time, and so to be able to do that and, and raise money for stuff like that, I think that would just be an awesome way to, you know, to spend life being able to give back in, in ways like that. So those are all things that I have on my huge pipe dream of, of things I want to do, um, you know, and all of that is aside from shirts, like I said, the club head covers, and um, our next goal is being able to get into pro shops and some of the golf shops, whether it be the, the Roger Dunn's, the Golf Marts, the Edwin Watts, um, that's, you know, they're, they're all on the list of places that I want to be in and, and, you know, provide as many avenues to, to all the everyday golfers that I can. So it's all on the list. One day, hopefully I'll, I'll get there. Um, and then balance that with trying to teach, um, is, is a daily battle. Um, it's something that, you know, I think we all being in summer right now, I have more time to sit here and dream and think, um, during the school year, obviously those kids come first and, you know, to be able to have a hand in, in all those kids' lives is, is something that I cherish. So I would, I would never dream of, of, you know, letting anything else come first, but, um, you know, I think it's healthy to have a little, a little side, side gig going to, to keep me fueled and, and motivated so that's what i got for you yeah it's great to have a creative outlet i mean i love those ideas man and uh commend you and i just uh admire the fact that you want to give back with anything that would come out of mulligan's golf uh that's just phenomenal i think it shows what what type of person you are and what type of brand you represent which is you know one of the reasons i wanted to have you on here just by talking with you beforehand um so i can't thank you enough listen give uh give yourself plugs let let people know where they can find the product how can they interact with you yeah so we have our website like you mentioned mulligansgolf.com uh mulligans with a z so it's m-u-l-l I-G-A-N-Z, golf.com, um, and it's the same 
same Instagram handle uh, and same Twitter handle too. Uh, so we're getting <clears throat> getting those going. Um, Twitter's a little newer for us. We're you know we just started a promotion, um, so we'll do promos, we'll do giveaways on all there. So if you stay locked into those, we got stuff going on all the time. We'll stay locked into that. There's promo codes on there. We have a, a 25% off right now uh, with the promo code free 25. Um, so you plug that right into your cart. Uh, 25% off the whole order. Um, so we're doing all kinds of stuff like that all the time. So Very cool. And uh, obviously we'll put all the information for our fans in the liner notes of this episode on our Instagram story, post on Instagram, and link that to Twitter as well. So if you need to get in touch with Doug and the Internet is a crazy place for you, just go to our Instagram page, leave the pin, and we'll be able to hook you up with all that information. Doug, thank you so much, brother. I cannot... Uh, tell you how awesome it's been to talk to you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Honored to be here. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying.